Hey everybody, this is Senior Pastor Joshua B. Carson saying thank you for tuning into the CT Podcast. We hope that your time here, whether you're driving down the road or whether you're sitting at home with a journal and listening in, we hope that it's effective. Maybe it'll be inspirational, encouraging. Maybe it'll be thought-provoking. Regardless of what session you're listening to, we truly pray that this is a benefit to you and to your family. God bless and enjoy the podcast. Praise God. Praise God. Why don't you turn to two or three and tell them he's a big God. Come on, tell them he's a big God. He's a big God. I like that thought, Brother Hal. It's not the size of the seed. It's the size of the God. Hey, he's well able. He's well able. I think we ought to magnify him for a minute. He's well able. Come on, let's just magnify the Lord for a minute. He's well able. Come on, let's do it. Let's lift our, lift our voice for a minute all over the house. Come on, if we don't get anywhere else, let's magnify God for a minute. Glory. Glory and praise. Glory and praise. I curse every heaviness. I curse every doubt, every fear. I pray strength, oh God, right now. Come on, I, I, I want us to do this. I want, I want us to just press through and magnify God for a minute. Come on, I want us to just magnify him. Somebody tell him that he's awesome. Somebody tell him that you love him with all your heart. Someone tell him you know he's a healer. I know you're a deliverer. I know you're well able. Regardless of doctor's reports, Regardless of current context and sickness and struggle, we magnify you because you're a good God. You're a a present help in time of need. Oh, we give you thanks and we give you praise. I magnify your name, O Lord. I magnify you, O Lord. I magnify you, O Lord. I magnify you. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Amen. While very elementary, before we begin here tonight, let us remember that to magnify does not change the size of the object. It changes our view of the object. It is our perception that is affected when we magnify God. It's, it, I believe it is impossible to magnify God and, and not begin to feel him closer. I worship you. We, we worship. We worship you. Somebody that's had a tough few days at work, you need to just magnify him right now. Somebody that's got a family problem, a marriage problem, a child issue, you just magnify him for a minute. Come on, we need to be sensitive to the spirit here right now. Let's magnify the Lord. You're bigger than the sickness. You're bigger than the frustration. You're bigger than the turmoil. Oh, you're bigger than that challenge in the family. You're bigger than that contention. You're bigger, you're greater than that irritation. We magnify you. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. 
I feel the Lord nudging us here tonight. Somebody, you're actually on the edge of a Wednesday night breakthrough right here, right now, if you just lift your mouth. Come on, lift that voice up out loud and just praise him for a minute. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Oh, come on, prayer warriors, take over for a minute here. Come on, mature saints, you're here on a Wednesday night. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. you Jesus what is greater than the cares of life is the one who cares for us amen amen I'm thankful for the presence of God that I feel you know it's always appropriate to stop and just worship the Lord just magnify the Lord and I'm so thankful for his presence thank you for being in the house of the Lord for this Bible study we are launching new series tonight that I'm very thankful about. Um, we are meant to cling to doctrine and to honor the Word of God. Many of us uh, that have been raised in the church, um, even at times, have questions about this particular topic, the oneness of God, monotheism, the oneness of God, and um, We've had some incredible and engaging conversations with individuals over the last three years since we've been here about explanation and understanding, even mature members, about the oneness of God. I must tell you, this is one particular topic I can't get enough of. And so um, this is not even one of those things where I give a false apology that we're going to spend a long time on this topic. I'm excited about it. Amen. I, I want to know who he is. I want to please him. I want to please him. Amen. I want to turn your attention to the book of Deuteronomy for our start here tonight. Deuteronomy chapter 6. And we are working through, the way that we're going to break this down is we're going to work through the book. And many of you have possibly read this book or Ministers have read this book. I read this book um, years ago, worked through this book, but um, The Oneness of God by David Bernard is a robust and yet succinct all at the same time uh, look at this topic. And so we're going to stay inside and get outside of those pages. Most importantly, we're going to traverse the text. We're going to work our way through the holy word of God. So verse 4 of chapter 6, I would like for all of us to read this very familiar scripture out loud. And I would tell you, everyone here, if you cannot, everyone here needs to be able to quote this verse. This is a verse that we should be able to quote. But even if you can't, let's read it together out loud. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Let's read it together one more time. Hear, O Israel. The Lord our God is one Lord. Lord, we love you and we thank you for your presence. I pray that you would bless and help our time together, that it would be effective, that it would be effective for our understanding of the scripture. We want to know you and we want to serve you. 
In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray and let everyone say amen. amen. God bless you and you may be seated. Note takers, those who like to mark up your Bible, for those who do not have this book yet, you're gonna see a QR code on the screen giving you the opportunity you can order this book. It's cheap and it's something for a lot more than licensed ministers. Um, if you're like me and you like Kindle version, then you can buy the Kindle version as well. I like to have both um, if I really use the book a lot. And so this one, I have multiple of the hardback, but I also have the digital. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And in the New Testament, in the book of Galatians chapter three, there is this statement and understanding as a part of the verse that God is in fact one. Many of the statements that I'm gonna pull tonight and you'll see on the screen are directly drawn from the book itself and then we're gonna work our way through it overall. I wanna make a statement at the beginning here, big part of why we're doing this series. I do not want to worship a God I do not desire to know. What was Paul's great statement in the New Testament that we cling to from that time till now? That I may know him. I want to know him. Wanting to know him will change our prayer time from a requirement to a time of intimacy with the Lord. I want to know him. There is one God. There is only one God. This doctrine is central to the Bible message for both the Old Testament and the New Testament. Teach it plainly and emphatically. And I will tell you that in this series, we are going to realize that a lot of people do not even know how to defend the God. I'm not talking about here, but I'm talking about in Christian, as it were, religions in the world cannot defend what they think they know. I want to be able to describe and articulate what I believe. The belief in only one God. Now, we don't use this word a lot, but everyone here as a disciple of Christ, as it were, we, we need to know what it means to be called monotheistic or monotheism. It comes from two Greek words, monos, meaning alone, single one, and theos, meaning God. Now, we do a lot of shouting that there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and, and we should get excited about that but we should also be able to calmly and clearly articulate, articulate that which we shout about. If you believe that, say amen. amen. So there are three major monotheistic religions, Judaism, Islam, and Christianity. You say, wait a minute, wait a minute. Judaism, Islam, Christianity, I'm, so, so I don't, do I want to be monotheistic? Absolutely. You want to be monotheistic? You, you believe in one God. But there are two major classes of strict monotheistic believers. All these notes will be on the app, but there'll be some stuff in between. They'll try to negotiate into the text for you. One class asserts that there is only one God, but does so by denying in one way or another the full deity of Jesus Christ. 
These groups relegate Christ to the position of a created God, subordinate God, junior God, demigod, if you've ever heard that kind of language. They do not believe that Jesus Christ was God manifest in the flesh. The second class of true monotheists believe in one God, but further believe that the fullness of the Godhead is manifested in Jesus Christ. They believe that Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are manifestations, modes, offices, relationships that the one God has displayed to humans. This is what we, we read here in the text. I want to tell you, we believe, we teach, and we preach the fullness of the Godhead. From the time before I ever knew, I don't even know if I knew the word oneness when I could sing this in the church. It's all in him. It's all in him. Remember that? The mighty God. And it's all in him. And we would sing that because we were intentionally being trained through melody and lyric that he was not simply another person in the Godhead. And he certainly was not simply a prophet, a rabbi, or some demigod or created God. But the fullness of the Godhead was in him bodily. If you agree with that, say amen. amen. For those who believe in the undivided oneness of God and the full deity of Jesus Christ, common terms for this group would be oneness or one God, or you'll even hear Jesus' name. Now, there are some derogatory names that have been associated, okay, with us and with oneness believers. One of those is Jesus only. I've heard people say, well, you're Jesus only. One of my favorite rebuttals to this was, I'm not Jesus only, I'm Jesus everything. <laughs> and so, but it's important that we understand why does that subtle difference matter? We're not Jesus only because we do not deny the Father. We do not deny the Holy Spirit. But we just do not deny that Christ was God manifest in the flesh. So, so, so Jesus only is one of, those, one of those terms that's given to us. Opponents to oneness theology sometimes use the misleading or derogatory uh, designations Jesus only. And some of you that are uh, maybe a little more versed in it, you've heard it called the new issue. The label Jesus only uh, meaning to be derogatory or the new issue meaning to be derogatory towards us. That's why it's important for you and for I as a one God apostolic. Remember, we are apostolic in doctrine, in doctrine, and doctrine is profitable for us for reproof and for correction. And so in apostolic doctrine for us to be able, if someone says, you're Jesus only, or you're a part of that new issue movement, you ought to be able to say, oh no, this is an old issue. This is an old issue. And the disciples were not confused about who he was. And when they went to baptizing, they weren't confused about who he was. And the, uh, listen, we're just not going to subject the apostles' doctrine to some creeds and some councils that decided to delineate from the truth of Scripture. Christendom has produced four basic views of the Godhead. I want to talk about this. This would be um, 
old hat to some and very new to others. Probably a secondly, the, the second part rather is different. Now, how many have heard of Trinitarianism? Raise your hand, just wave at me. Most of us in here, yeah. Trinitarianism, the second, Binitarianism. Has anyone heard of this? You've heard of this? And I would tell you what's funny about this. I'm gonna talk about this here in just a second. Let's just talk about it now. Trinitarianism, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, the manifestations, the, the, the way it's seen. Binitarianism here, this is, this is just a little bit different, but I would tell you that I actually think there are a lot of people in a Trinitarian circle, and, and unfortunately at times even in the oneness circles that lean closer this way. What they believe is different in, in regards to the Holy Spirit. They do not consider the Holy Spirit separate in person. And so when you get into the uh, Matthew 1.18, um, that she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. And rather than this separate and this distinct persons, they have a tendency to take the Holy Spirit and the Father and place them together. And so you've got the Holy Spirit, the Father, and you've got Jesus Christ. And it's more of this uh, two, two separate rather than this Trinitarian philosophy. Why does that matter? Pastor Carson, that can't be that big of a deal. I beg to differ. This is a very big deal. Because when we begin to divide God, we do a disservice to the doctrine. Amen? We, we do a disservice. Okay, so there is a, a, a third part of this that would be strict monotheism with denial, um, with denial of the full deity of Jesus Christ and strict monotheism, the fourth one, with an affirmation of the full deity of Jesus Christ or the oneness. And I'm telling you where we stand very clearly. I want us to be clear. We stand there strictly monotheistic, believing in the affirmation of the full deity of Jesus Christ. I want to say something here on a Wednesday night. I'm not trying to excite you. I just get excited with this. I'm thankful. I'm thankful to understand the oneness of God. I'm thankful. We've had different people, one, along the time that come from a more Trinitarian background, and people have thanked us and said, I didn't know how to divide my time when I was praying. I don't mean that disparaging, but that's a true statement. If you've won souls, people that have come from, they, they were like, I didn't know I divided. I prayed to the Father. I prayed to the Son. And I want, I want to be very clear. Time out. I want to say this. I don't want anything I say. I'm not taking shots at any person, any religion. I don't like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that nature. I want to have a good spirit. The, the, the goal here is to try to reveal what does the Word say. What does the word of God say? And for us to understand this is that when we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, we, we invoke the name of the Lord, the visible image of the invisible God. Ladies and gentlemen, as a oneness believer full of the Holy Ghost, when you stand up and say, in the name of Jesus Christ, you call on the God of heaven. The one who from the very beginning when the earth was without form and void began to create everything. You are not praying simply to a, a, a secondary or a tertiary part of a Godhead to the flesh side. No, 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 no. You are calling on the name of the Lord. It's a powerful thing. Amen. It really is. So let's look here at Deuteronomy 6 and we're going to look at verse 4 and beyond. 
As we read in our opening, Hero Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. This verse of scripture has become the most distinctive and important statement of faith for the Jewish people. They call it the Shema. Okay? Some of us have been in certain levels of education where we had to memorize it, uh, not even just in English, but we had to memorize it and then we pretend that we know it later on and people say it and it's kind of like one of those old hymns we catch every third word. And we say watermelon the rest of the time silently. After the first word of the phrase in Hebrew, and they often quote it in English, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is, the, or the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Deuteronomy 6 and 5, God follows the announcement of this preceding verse with a command that requires total belief and love for him as the one and the only God, it is not lost on anyone here that's a regular memory, member of, of Calvary that the Lord has been working on my heart in the teaching of our church that we do our best to get God home and in our homes, in the way that we converse with our spouses, in the way that we choose entertainment in our homes, in the way that we raise our children or the way that we shelter our grandchildren and beyond. Verse 5 is a major part of this for us as believers. As saints of the Most High God, we should look at this. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all, thine, with all thy soul and with all thy heart, soul, and might. He commands that these verses be placed in the heart in verse 6. Taught to the children throughout the day in verse 7. Bound upon the hand and the forehead in verse 8. And written on the posts and the gates of the homes in verse 9. Who have ever taken a, a trip to Israel and you have seen this played out real life? Okay, several hands around. You see the little box and you see the... Um, um, the way that it's been written out, the Shema's been written out, and the way that they orchestrate this in their families and the teaching to their families. I, I've been there and I've been convicted. I don't, want, I don't want anyone to honor the Word of God more than us. Not, not in a sense of competition. I just want it to prick my heart in the thought that anyone has more reverence. And you say, well, Pastor Carson, how could they have such reverence for the word of God but not understand Christ? I will tell you, I'm, I'm enamored by their love for the Old Testament, especially their love for the law. And in Deuteronomy, the way that they honor this, loving the Lord God, and they are so given to this heart, soul, might, given to this and the way that they would even keep it there at the at the forearm and the way that if you stayed over there many of you raised your hand if you'd go into a hotel room over there there'd be that little box that's on the room that has has that statement in it you you walk through the door to hear O Israel the Lord our God is one Lord I think that's a question that we should ask ourselves and not as a not as a pastor, not as a minister, just as a believer. I'm putting myself on the stand tonight. I put myself on the stand at this trial and I'm asking this, does that language govern my home? I think it's a, a question that every believer has to ask ourselves. Not just do we believe the oneness of God, but do we live out the oneness of God? The Ten Commandments begin with, thou shalt have no other gods before me. 
Now, I'm about to go on a series of mentioning scriptures. So people that like to take notes or like to highlight <clears throat> in your Bible, if you don't like to highlight in your Bible, okay, it's all right, but maybe you got a notepad or pull your phone out. I'll pretend you're taking notes. It's a joke. I trust you're taking notes. But these are, these are great. You say, well, I don't need to take any notes. They're gonna be on the app tomorrow. Well, just... How many know that 80% of what you engage in, you're able to remember versus 20% of what you hear? It's the educational statistics there. So Exodus 20 and Deuteronomy 5, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Exodus 20 and 5, he's a jealous God. I don't even want to take a poll of how many men in here are jealous men. But I want to tell you, he is jealous as a God. He does not he does not anticipate sharing us with the world. Well, I give God my Sunday. Imagine if you gave your spouse one day a week. Okay. <laughs> Imagine if the only time y'all were able to really talk. We talk on Saturdays. The rest of the time. We got to guard that. Amen. Deuteronomy 32 and 39, no other God with him. There's none like the Lord. There's no God beside him. 2 Samuel 7, 22, 1 Chronicles 17 and 20. He is God, according to the psalmist, he is God alone. Psalm 86 and 10. He is God alone. Let's go to the major prophet Isaiah here. Let's go through some, just some emphatic declarations of God in Isaiah. Isaiah 43, 10 and 11, before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord. Beside me there is no, no Savior. There's no other. There's no Savior. Isaiah 44 and 6, I'm the first, I'm the last. Beside me there is no God. Amen? Isaiah 44 and 8, is there a God beside me? Yea, there is no God. I know not any. Isaiah 44 and 24, I am the Lord that maketh all things, that stretcheth forth the heavens alone, that spreadeth abroad the earth by myself. He is the creator. He is the designer. Isaiah 45 and 6, there's none beside me. I'm the Lord and there is none else. For everybody looking for another. 45, 21, and 22, there is no God else beside me, a just God, a Savior. There's none beside me. Look unto me. And be what? Be saved, all the ends of the earth. For I am God. How many know we could run that I am through the scripture? For I am God. And there is, there is none else. Malachi chapter 2 and verse 10 says, There is only, there is only one God who is the creator and father of humanity. There is only one. Have we not all one Father, hath not one God created us? Why do we deal treacherously? Every man against his brother. Listen, this is not something that we have created to fit our preaching style. It's important to take moments like this and recognize the timeless truth of the oneness of God is from Genesis to Revelation. He is one God. And thank God 
Thank God for Deuteronomy. I think maybe what I'm saying here with this portion is, thank God for Deuteronomy 6.4, but that's not all you've got. It's not all we have. We have major portions of text that we can use and utilize. Let's jump into the New Testament for the sake of our time here tonight. New Testament scriptures for a monotheistic belief. Go to Mark chapter 12, if you will. Mark 12, 29 and 30. And Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. This is the first commandment for anybody who, and, and many of us have been in an argument like this somewhere, and I say an argument, I'll use quotes on that. A, let's call it a discussion. Well, the Old Testament doesn't matter. Hmm. It does matter. Christ references he draws from this. He brings this to the forefront. How many know that he came to fulfill the law? You gotta love him with all your heart. Romans chapter three. Romans chapter three and verse 30. Seeing it is one God which shall justify the circumcision by faith and the uncircumcision through faith. One God which shall justify. You're dealing... Uh, let's take this and, and put it into context. The Lord uses Paul writing here to the church in Rome, and, in Rome. How many recognize that there has always been this vast diversity of religions? Last year, I think it was, we did this series on the division of kingdoms and, and we understand the different splinter groups that, that wake up and begin to move and begin to walk. Even in talking about monotheism, we just discussed four major monotheistic views alone. All these different all these different groups. Paul would later say, don't say, am I of Paul or of Apollos? It's only of the Lord. And so we have to recognize and we have to understand when we're, when we're looking here and what Paul is writing under the inspiration of the Spirit about justification and who would justify, he says it's one God. 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 4. As concerning, therefore, the eating of those things that are offered and sacrificed unto idols, we know that an idol is nothing in the world, and that as concerning, therefore, the eating of those things can... Let me, let me go here. I can't see the full scripture. Open your Bibles if you're not there. Open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians. Sorry, I should have had that digitally open. But I want to take, are you okay if we take a little bit of time on some of these here? 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 4. As concerning, therefore, the eating of those things that are offered in sacrifice unto idols, we know that an idol is nothing in the world and that there is none other God but If we've ever had an idolatry problem, it's right now. And I understand you, you could say, oh, look back at some of these times and the groves and the work and the sacrificing of infants and children. I could argue very clearly the same thing about abortion. Idolatry to the customs of the world. And this wrecked 
wrecked, sinful sociology. My God. At some point, we have to just boldly declare there is one God. There is one God. And I cannot give my life. Can I say this tonight? I cannot give my mind. I cannot give my heart. I cannot... And, and, and let me say it this way. I can't expect to give my mind to the world, but my soul to the Lord. Somebody needs to go ahead and jot that down. Please make sure that gets in the notes. I can't give my, I can't give my heart to the idols of the world and think that I have given my, my soul. Last Wednesday or two Wednesdays ago, we got onto the topic about God and mammon. I can't be split. I can't be divided there. Let's go, let's go down here in 1 Corinthians 8. Let's, let's stay here for a second. Verse 5, for there, for though there be that are called gods, whether in heaven or in earth, as there be gods many and, and lords many, but to us. You know what? Let's read this together. I think there's so much power in reading the word together. Let's read this together. But to us there is but one God, the Father of whom are all things, and we in him, and one Lord Jesus Christ by whom all, and we by, ladies and gentlemen, we are one God people. We are one God people. People. Turn in your Bible. Somebody, let's do a sword drill for a second. Let's have a little fun here. Somebody go to Galatians 3 and 20. Whenever you get it, just start. Oh, they're going to have to not put it on the screen. <laughs> Don't put these on the screen for a second. Sorry. Galatians 3.20. Whoever finds it first, start, start reading real loud. You both started reading exactly the same time, so it's kind of like a surround sound. <laughs> reading about that mediator not being one. But God, God is one. You can't look everywhere for your answer. How many know that's what our world's doing? They were then, they are now looking everywhere. And we want to be able to square our shoulders and say, we know the answer. We know the answer. Unapologetically, we know the answer. Who is that mediator? Christ Jesus. We know there is one. There's one. There's one. He's the Lamb of God. Somebody else. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 6. It's just the next book. Just one little page or two. I heard you, sister. I heard you with me. One God. One Father of all. How many's ever been to the camp or a conference or maybe even just here at the church and man, that scripture hits the preacher. One God, whoa, what do we do? And it's right, it's right to respond to that. But I, I, I reiterate here tonight, if I respond with my hands and not with my heart, if I respond because I know I'm programmed to respond, I want to, Look at this precious little baby. I, I, I didn't spot you until right now. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna take a moment here. I got the mic. I'm just gonna take a moment. I don't know if the cameras can see. I'm being a camera's nightmare right now. 
Look at this precious little baby. Is this his first service here? Woo! All right. So let's 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 do something here right now. Let's announce. Let's make an announcement of the name here for everybody. His name is Salix Neil Irvin. Hmm. That's that's powerful. I feel like with the name Josh, my parents didn't even try. That's how I feel right now. Here's when my when my kids were just brand new born, this age right here, here's what we did. And I'm gonna do this publicly. They're okay. We'll dedicate this child later to the Lord. But over our newborn babies, we said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Hear, O Israel, from the smallest time. Well, I'm not sure if that's necessary. I'm glad Moses' mother thought it was necessary for instruction so that even though he would end up, oh man, I felt a little something right there. It's, it's necessary to teach. Hey, we can not only be monotheistic in prof- profession, we have to be monotheistic in practice. In practice. Amen? From the smallest of children, raising them and training them well. And, I, and we... Some of the studies I've been reading lately about parenting are just baffling. You saw some stats that I put up on Sunday. But this, this ideology, this absolutely non-believer's ideology will just let the kids decide. Good. What? We're just gonna let the, we're just gonna let the kids decide. We don't, we don't wanna put them in any kind of bondage. That's bondage. Their brain, look at the science. Their brain won't even be developed until their early 20s. They don't know. That's why I think, that's why I think allowing small children to change their gender when they, but it's the idols of the world. It is. So we unapologetically from infant. Say, there is no other Lord. There is no other Lord. We say it. We, 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 we speak it. We go to Ephesians and one Lord. There's one Lord. You know what? And I feel the Holy Ghost. Let, let's, let's do something. Everybody, everybody turn there together to that scripture, Ephesians 4 and 6. One God, Father of all. Put it on the screen for those who maybe don't have it. Here we go. Let's look at it. Let's, let's quote it together. One God and Father of all, who, above all and through all. Don't we want that to be the truth and the reality? It's all in him. We sing that. That's beautiful. I want him to be all in me. What did Paul tell the church? 1 Corinthians. 16, what? Know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost? Let's read on. There's more. More New Testament scripture. First Timothy. Here we are. Back to the sword drill. Oh, that's all right. Let's do this. Nope, nope. I messed you up. Here we go. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men. One God, one mediator between God and men, the man.
Christ Jesus. Well, if I don't find it in Jesus, I'll find it somewhere else. Come on, is that too old school to just say that? No, you won't find it anywhere else. You won't find it. And, and, and I can go down this road. There are people in this room that tried to find it in cigarettes and alcohol. Let's just go to addictions. Tried to find it there. But there are also people here that tried to find it in other religions. And there are people watching now. And there are people who will watch. They'll either find us in a clip on social media. Or they'll find us later on YouTube. Or they'll stump. It's unbelievable how many people struggle or, or, or are dealing with stuff that, that no one knows. And they're searching and grasping. So when you find this video, I want you to know Jesus Christ is the answer. Everything you need Everything you want, everything you could hope for. How many know he's not just the answer for my mind and my thoughts and my, my body and my physical, but he's the answer for my soul. He's the mediator for my salvation. He, he, he's not just an answer. He is the. He is the answer. He's not one of the answers. He's the answer. Jesus Christ, the mediator. Woo. Uh, my, my. Let's just praise him for a minute. I'm almost done. Let's just, just praise God for a minute. Woo. Somebody go, sword drill, don't put it up there. James, some of you can just quote it. So if that's you, let somebody who can't quote it find it. James 2.19. I feel some of you just is right there. Thou believest? I heard you. Yeah. Go ahead. That's right, Regina. You believe that God is one. Even the demons believe. And they they shudder, they tremble, whatever translation. You know it. Listen, if I don't know any preachers that don't get excited by that verse. Trinitarians are like not as much. But Brother Gallion, when I hear that, it's why I've loved Bible quizzing, the ministry of Bible quizzing so much. Every few years we get back to this apostolic doctrine. They were doing quiz practice before this service tonight. We got a bunch of kids going all the way to nationals and Bible quizzing. And I, I don't want them to ever take the back seat because when, when they... I know that when I quote it or when an adult, when a minister, brother, when we get up and we quote scripture, we think, Ooh, thou believest. You know what happens when a six-year-old gets up and says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one... It's not dependent upon the age. If it was age dependent, Josiah couldn't have been a powerful king at eight. I don't know how that happened. Other than sometimes that childlike faith mixed with the, mixed with the understanding of the word of God. Somebody asked me, pastor, how old do they have to be to be baptized? How old do they have to be? We're not, we don't baptize infants. We don't. Here's how old they have to be. Understand it. They have to be able to tell me why. We don't baptize anybody that can't tell us in the scripture why they've got to be baptized. And not just memorizing. I've, I've told this story. I feel like telling it again. I was doing that quoting with Canaan one time years ago. And if you've ever, have you, if you've ever been a Bible quizzing parent, raise, wave your hand at me. Oh, 
If you've ever almost lost your mind as a Bible quizzing parent, please. Yeah, it's the same number of hands. It's the same number of hands. And my wife, my wife is a natural teacher. She does a great job, but somehow this was my day to quote Canaan. And if you don't know what quoting him means, you get these stack of quiz cards. And really, all it is is it's a scripture on every different card. And the stack was like this thick. There were hundreds of verses. Dad, it's your day to quote me. Awesome. <laughs> and I was excited that he was quizzing, but I wasn't really prepared in that moment. And so we were going through and he was quizzing those verses and we got to one of those verses. I'll never forget this. I was in the, in the living room in our home there in St. Louis and, 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 and he quoted it and I said, you got it. And he said, but dad. And I said, you got it. He said, but dad. I said, you got it. I said it three or four times because, man, I'm thinking, you got it. Let's go. Let's go. And he said, I'll never forget the voice of that little boy that changed my life forever when he said, I got it, but I don't get it. Yeah. We don't want to just shout about or quote what we do not comprehend. I don't want the devils to comprehend it. And we, Ladies and gentlemen, thou believest there is one God thou doest it's a good thing to walk in here and say, it's all in him. It's all in him. I know and understand and acknowledge the oneness of God. He is not divided. He is not pluralistic. I don't believe in some Trinitarianism or binitarianism. I, I don't, I don't, I'm not spread out. I'm not confused. I understand that God is one. If, you, if we don't think that the devils were convinced of who he is, just read the Gospels. How many remember the devils would cry? Okay, I got excited. I got to stop. I'm, I'm done. He'd show up and the devils would speak out. I adjure thee, my God, thou torment me not. Scream out. How many remember when Jesus shows up at the, sea of Gad uh, at the uh, country of the Gadarenes and the man that's tormented? Remember that story? Read that story real close. And it reads as though when Jesus showed up and began to converse, that the legion came out. <laughs> out of that man, but still laid there subject to the instruction of the Lord. We have it that they immediately come out and leave, but it reads very clear that when he showed up, that's why we want services where he shows up. The last thing we want is people to walk inbound and walk outbound. But if we can get a move of the one true God, whether the music's good or not, whether I like the song or not, whether the preacher does any good or not, if we can get in here and magnify the one true God, then somebody bound by sickness, disease, struggle. Listen, I, this, I'm not trying to be demonic. I don't know if any of that exists anymore. It does. It does. Sin is running rampant in the world. Same way you can go, everybody, every person that goes out and you got to have music on at all times, same way you're going to go out and get in that vehicle and you're going to turn on your XM or your FM or you're going to push your podcast and you can't see any of the signals in the air, but they're there. And when you push play on your, it's going to, some invisible signal that's going to be tuned in. Well, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and power. We, we, we got this thing that we're wrestling in the spirit. It's why we're men and women of prayer. But when we pray, we do not pray amiss. We do not, 
We don't, we don't simply pray because it is some, some uh, going through the mechanics or the motions. That's why there's power when we pray in Jesus' name because we believe there's one God and the devils tremble at this. And when we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, that is the name that makes hell shudder and be terrified. Amen. Okay, I'm done. Stan? I'm not, but I am. Oh, let's lift our hands and our voices and magnify the Lord. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Ah. Ah. Yes. Yes. Amen, amen, amen. 1 John 2, 20, the Holy One of God. Revelation 4 and 2, there's one sitting on the throne. He's one. Let me read you this statement from the book and I'm gonna let you go. God chose Abraham because of his willingness to forsake the gods of his nation and his father and to worship the one true God. Genesis 12, one through eight. God chastised Israel every time that she began to worship other gods and polytheistic worship was one of the main reasons that God finally sent her into captivity. Acts chapter 7, 43. The Savior came to the world through a nation, Israel, and through a religion, Judaism, in which the people had finally purged themselves of polytheism. They were thoroughly monotheistic. And what we cannot allow in 2023 is to come to a place where it's, it's so culturally awkward that we allow demigods and idols to crowd out the truth of God's word. 